what is up people welcome back to the podcast i have joe the franchise i still can never pronounce your last name what's the name me. of the show he's kidding there bro what's what the name of the show what's the name of the show what's the name of the show you things? also don't even address me as joseph you address me as joe so i'm just like in in the matter of that like 10 seconds i was just like listen you said you hate doing the intro stop stepping in my cornflakes i hate doing the intro go on my my apologies everyone this is the horror throwdown podcast baby you know who we are no we're unhinged (laughs) we're wild joe's about to be fired thank god trunks is looking like a little mini freddy cougar in his shirt right now we already talked about this (laughs) it looks more like the sandman shirt than freddy Krueger's shirt it's still inspired it was an inspired choice yeah i guess it was Sad man, more like sad man. Oof. Me alone. <laughs> it's one from one sand from one. I was about to say Sandman to another. Uh, from one sad man to another. I see you, Trunks. I see the pain in your eyes. But this is the show where we take a Brendan Fraser movie, pair it up as a horror movie, and see if his character can survive. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a Brendan this week. We actually are. He's back. He's back in town, baby. Which is his, so funny. Uh, it's sabbatical ended. It's the sabbatical ended, and it's just like we only have like eight or nine more to get through. We have like, feel like fifteen more, but we're getting we're getting choppy with some of these. I, I yeah, and I I really want to I I do I still do want to commit to the bit, but like we're really bottom of the barrel here, folks. I we're at the point now where finding one that doesn't upset us is like a very good day, which is today. <laughs> Yes, it is. Which one are you burnt? Sorry. You son of a bitch. I'm drinking a bunch of champagne. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Everything checks out. Um, yeah, this was a this is, we're doing we're doing 1994. Excellent year. Boy Meets World debuted this year, I think. Trunks look that up. Uh, but we're doing the films with honors with Brendan Fraser and Joe Pesci. And Wes Craven's new nightmare, aka a nightmare on Elm Street Seven. Uh, what's there to say about 1994? I mean, I was three for most of the year until my birthday, and then I turned four. That's how birthdays work. Me too. Love that. that happen? I can see that happening. Oh, Wait, know. no, I was uh, four for most of the year until I turned five. I don't know enough about birthdays to dispute that information. That's true. As our resident Jehovah's Witness, but you know, it's fine. Um, Cisco. We're yes, grandma. We're <laughs> we're switching off today. Normally, I I lead, I lead the Brendan, but um, I'm switching you on. <laughs> listen for for the listeners at home. No matter where you're listening to this podcast at, whether you're Maybe going on a jog, go. whether you're driving, whether you're just lounging at home, whether you're performing euthanasia on pets in a vet clinic. Euthanasia? I did get word that our podcast was played while multiple pets were put down. Um, I don't know fans. how I feel about that. We have but... great fans. It's, just, it's, it's so Devin funny. and Cody. It's so funny to me and tragic that multiple animals, like last things that they heard was like probably me giggling at myself. And I, I wish only for the best after they pass on because that's, that's a horrible fucking way to go out. Anyways, I normally do the Brandon movie. Cisco normally takes over the horror. But yeah, I, I requested um, kind of like any Scream movie, any any Wes Craven it. movie. I just you I want. Me. 
He texted me on the side and said, I'm going to tickle your butt to give it to me. And you guys want some, uh, some no, fun facts for 94? No, it's been a while and since then Cisco, Cisco texted back saying, maybe you can do that for free. Don't worry about it. Yeah, spit, spit some facts out, Trunks. Yeah. Let's see. Um, the painting The Scream, the classic painting that looks very similar to Ghostface from Scream, uh, was stolen from Oslo. Let's see. We got some more here. Um, Joe. Yeah, I was gonna. I wasn't gonna ask, but you did see my face. You you saw you saw me reeling. I I didn't know where the <laughs> fuck that was. Nine Inch Nails' second studio album, The Downward Spiral, was released. That's how. That's hot. Shout out to all the goss out there. Uh, the Church of England ordains its first female priests. Hell yeah! Shout out to all the goss out there. All the goss priests, baby. <laughs> China gets its first internet connection. Okay. About time. Good for them. Schindler's List won Best Picture. Actually won seven Oscars, including Best Picture and Best Director. Imagine if that movie would have lost and we could have just called out the Academy for being anti-Semites. I mean, we still can. We still do. Let's see. Kurt Cobain died. All right, beautiful soul. Um, oh god, a lot of these are depressing. I'm just trying to find the fun ones. No, get the depressing ones. Let's roll. Uh, it. Okay, uh, the Rwandan genocide begins. Yep, mm. that's what that's what I always remember from 1990. This one's really depressing. Uh, Finland joins the European Union. Yikes! Uh, um, this is all. That is all. Even within just the first three months <laughs> of the year. Let me jump forward to some. That was a New Year's resolution. Yeah, <laughs> they, they really wanted to join a union. <laughs> yeah. They thought it was a credit union. They thought they were signing up for a new bank. They were promised a free T-shirt <laughs> and a coffee coffee cup that says, <laughs> "I joined the credit union." If not, at least the coffee cup. They could have gotten the frisbee for free. You know what I mean? The, were frisbees even invented back then? When did ultimate frisbee start? I think so. And if anyone on the show is is a is a disc golfer, it's it's the it's frisbee. Okay, disc golf is frisbee. I've had this conversation yeah, I, three times this week. As the ultimate frisbee player, I agree. One it's thing I will shit. say about uh, frisbees is they're actually just oversized buttons, and have then been in existence since the early like 2000 AD when buttons were invented. This motherfucker always trying to talk buttons. I mean, you bring on a button expert, and then you rarely let me talk about buttons. We don't bring you on here. You're just like the little brother who always shows up. Yeah. First of all, Joe and never then, called you a button expert. You the, and, then, and then we take you to the party, and I, and I go to have uh, get high with some people, and I'm like, here, go have some walnut cake. Then you have, have a severe reaction. nut allergy, Joe. Severe nut allergy. Yeah, you know. I also have a severe telephone pole allergy. <laughs> <laughs> so so did uh so did she. Um, uh, okay, last fun fact on December third, the Sony PlayStation was released in Japan. The hey, very first PlayStation. Bandicoot, baby. Shout out to Japan. Shout out to, shout out to Japan. If we have any listeners in Japan. Oh yeah, shout out to our German fans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Expose yourself. Worcestershire sauce. That Don't like that. German. <laughs> Don't like how you said that. It's like British. Um, isn't it East Coast? Hagen-Dazs. It might be East Coast. I don't know. All the Shires, that's that's British. Gutenberg. Gutenberg, that's 
name of my accountant. Um, okay, so <laughs> it's like Harry Styles and Dakota Fanning were born in '94. Oh, great fucking year! We'll bring it all back. We stand Harry Styles on this podcast, as well as Bobo Stewart. Don't know who the who fuck I, that is. I don't either. In, it's an American um, actor, but I love the name. He was in um, Twilight, I think. He was one of the brown werewolves. 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 Yeah, you're but, not wrong. He was also nice. Warpath in X Men: Days of Future Past. Isn't he in? I know. Aren't you a big Descendants fan, Joe? Isn't he in Descendants? He is in the Descendants. Uh, Joe, you look like a Descendant head. I was I was really big into like Disney, the Disney shows, but I don't remember like when I hopped off. You look like a big Maleficent fan. The movie, the character. Uh, no, I like. For fuck's sake. I like yeah, that was me. I, I like that Angelina Jolie Maleficent. Yeah, that one's okay. That one's fine. That one's good. That one's fun. But yeah, that's about it. It's my now history of like Disney Channel shows. You know what Let's I really like? It. What? Oh, I was trying to do a transition, but you just What's transitioned that? already. I was no, going to say I really like... Your transition was, was swift. <laughs> I was going to say I really like convincing a homeless man to give me my thesis so I can graduate from Harvard. And that is the plot of Home Alone 6. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so with honors, 1994 American comedy drama. I don't know what the comedy was, but it's in there. There was comedy. There was definitely Actually, had some jokes. They were like the kind of jokes where you cry oh, after them. I forgot. Yeah. Homeless people are funny to you, Joe. They make you laugh. If only you knew. That's all I'm going to say. Distributed by Warner Brothers. Released April 29th, 1994. So, you know, nine days after 420. Shout out to all my pans and potheads. Runtime of 103 minutes. Uh, 20 minute, twenty million box office. I did not get the budget, so it made money in my books. Yeah, big hit. Big Stars hit. Joe Pesci, like Joe said, coming off, you know. What was Home Alone again? I always forget he was in Home Alone. Home Alone was eighty nine, and Home Alone two was ninety one. So this is this is his. Uh, his that feels girl. wrong. Brendan Fraser, Mariah oh, Kelly, wow. Patrick Dempsey, Josh Hamilton, Gore Vidal. You know, just mm-hmm. names on top of names. Mm-hmm. If this was a roll sheet, it'd be stacked. I mean, Mariah Mar- Kelly was Nala in The Lion King, so put some respect on her name. We're, we yeah. are. Home Alone was 1990. Yeah. Okay, I was a year off. Is this going to be one of the episodes? It's going to be one of those episodes where I'm just constantly bullied? Tell me now yeah. so I can be ready for it. All right. I, it might be. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, I'm a little crusty today, so. Like, man, you look a little crusty, you old bitch ass. Um, oh, man. Nah, Don't try to do the perfect synopsis. So I'm going to do one. The rest of your thesis is as intelligent as you are. You are certain to graduate with honors and that will be the beginning of a brilliant career in the ivy-covered halls of harvard montgomery kessler was at the top of his class harvard doesn't have any standards left they let in anyone who's bright but all it took was one little slip this isn't just on term paper you know this is my life to bring him face to face no no with reality don't burn any more pages you want something i need something 
For each night's lodging, one page. There are 88 pages in that thesis. There are 83 pages now. You're unbelievable. You really hid my thesis somewhere. He'll get it tonight. I'll talk him in and give me the whole thing. Monty! You've done a great job of talking to things so far. He's wearing my robe. Okay, if that's how you feel about it, don't let me catch you wearing any of my things. I have a plan. I'm taking him to Social Security. I'm going to get him disability benefits, all right? D-O-B. E-F-T-H-I-J. Do you have evidence of birth? I'm sitting here, ain't I, lady? What do you think I have? My spontaneous combustion? Ah! I still don't think I'm human, do you? Let me show you my life. Warner Brothers presents Joe Pesci as a scholar of the streets. Are you a student in this class? No, I'm a bum. But bear in mind, I'm a Harvard bum. Who gives four students a reason to open their hearts. If a woman is willing to give you her love, it's the greatest gift in the world. And their minds. To love free, to feed the remainder of life with one hour of fullness and freedom. One brief hour of madness and joy. Joe Pesci. Brendan Fraser, Moira Kelly, with honors. I knew once we got to know each other, we'd hit it off famously. Yeah, so in this movie, uh, which I like to think is a direct sequel to the one where Matt Damon's terrible. School ties. School ties. Because isn't he trying to get into Harvard in that one? That's like his whole deal. I don't remember if it was Harvard. I know it was like an Ivy. Like it was an Ivy. I think it was Harvard. I think it was. I think it was Harvard. Harvard. But yeah, so he, uh, Brent Fraser's trying to graduate, but he accidentally fucks up his computer and then loses the printed copy of his thesis. And homeless man Joe Pesci has it and uh, forces him to do wacky things to get it back. You know, real wacky things like. Treat him like a human. Give him food. Give him a place to live. We have a Rugrats episode. Like, well, at first he was like, "Give me a perfectly glazed donut, no cracks." That's pretty good. Because who doesn't? That was kind of funny. Honestly, I personally I like the cracks. Let's you know the sugar is is good quality sugar. If it's got Mm -hmm. good crystallization, it should crack. I like my crack pre warmed. Cheap crack houses for me no more. Very good, sir. Shall I pre warm, sir's crack pipe? God damn it. Okay. Uh, yeah, just the whole setup to how he fucking lost the thesis. He's running in the middle of the night, ate shit on a fucking, what was it, like a branch or a pole he fucking tripped on? Broke his ankle. Sunny or snowy. He broke his ankle. You you saw something he tripped on. Thesis falls, falls into cracks, goes into a boiler room, sneaks into the boiler room, only to find Joe Pesci living in the boiler room, just taking pages of the thesis, throwing in the fucking furnace for for heat. I like how both these movies have to do with have like backstories with boilers. Yeah, it's almost like I planned it. You know what other movie has a big part that involves a boiler? Boiler Room Two, uh, Home Alone, starring Joe Pesci. So, well, maybe it's in his contract. What year did he do Goodfellas? Before uh, this, ninety. I was just looking. Ninety-seven. He's his, no, it's like ninety. Ninety, maybe. Give me one second. Get back. But to Casino's that. ninety-five. So he did this before Casino. 
Joe Pesci has range. So yeah. in 1990, Joe Pesci was in four movies. Okay. Including Home Alone and Goodfellas. In 91, he was only in two movies. Slowing it down. In 92, he was in five movies. Money Chaser. Including My Cousin Vinny, Lethal Weapon 3, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, that might be a TV show, actually. TV show. And Home Alone 2. Return of the Pesh. And then he only did one movie in 93, A Bronx Tale. Oh, Bronx sounds great. He's a kind of a bit of a workhorse. Yeah, he's multiple movies every year. Casino came out right after this. Casino was the first thing that came out in '95 for him. <laughs> yeah, I love What's that. Up? This was this was his pre-casino performance. <laughs> I thought he was fucking great in this. He is. He uh, is. Yeah, let's give our general thoughts. Yeah, great actor, terrible person. human, but great actor. I've heard that. I don't. I don't know anything about his personal life. I, I so just I know he tried to hit Sinead O'Connor after she ripped the Pope's picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm, not going to dive into that one, but I'm familiar with the story. Uh, you've, read a couple, you've read a couple of Google articles. <laughs> yeah. I So for me, I I really enjoy this. I think it has a surprisingly low like Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. I, I don't think it has a great rep- reputation, but... 19% critics, baby, and 73% audience. That's really weird. I, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe definitely there's some... agree with the 73%. Yeah, I'm actually up there, too. Definitely agree there. This movie... The nineteen percent, one hundred percent unwarranted. Like, I it would be interesting. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I totally stepping over everybody. Um, it would be interesting to see what what is causing that. I wonder if it's something where a bunch of these are comparing it to something similar that came out at the same time, and it's not that they're really bad reviews. That's like, it's basically the same as this movie, and it's not quite as good. Like, right. That's what I like. I wonder if the same year was like a. Oh god! Um, the Robin Williams one where he's a teacher, uh, Dead Poets Society, or something, or um, maybe even Goodwill Hunting. I I don't know when those came out, but Goodwill Hunting well, was ninety-seven. I Dead have Poets a Roger Ebert's critique or rating. If you want to, want me to yeah, say what he gave wrote. it? He gave it two and a half out of four stars. Oh, he wrote so that's a it, net positive. That's yeah, more than half. He wrote for, for Roger Ebert. That's film, great. He said, did it occur to the filmmakers to introduce one or even two new ideas into this material? I mean, well, okay, this is the first movie that I've seen like this, I mean, as far as someone working with a homeless man to get their thesis back, so I would say this movie's pretty fucking original. I I get what they're coming from. Like, I don't think I can say I've seen this close of a story before, but, like, the entire time I was watching this, I just had this nagging thought of, like, I really feel like they wanted Robin Williams for the Joe Pesci part and ended up with Joe Pesci. Like this feels like one of those kind of patch Adams. Mm. Like we're going to get a guy who's kind of known for being funny to give, give a somewhat funny, but also very thoughtful performance. That's interesting. I, yeah, I think Robin Williams would have been great in that role. I, he would have, I think Robin Williams or uh, Danny DeVito would have killed this movie. Not to say Joe Pesci didn't Joe Pesci. I, this might be one of my favorite performances of his. Yeah. This was really oh, impressive. He got he got me a couple times in this movie, and he looks psychotic throughout the whole thing, which I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> like someone 
you know, being being a psychopath. But it's pretty <laughs> much like the tale of like so and like okay, he's going to Harvard, so he obviously has some sort of money or loans or whatever to get in there. Like Harvard ain't cheap, baby. All right. I they don't really lean into what Bonnie uh Brendan Fraser's characters like money status is. Uh-huh. I you get kind of a feeling like there's a couple other people in that he lives with, like the two other guys he lives with are very like you they just ooze the parents woman. money. Yeah, I think they're all rich because even them and the woman. Uh Courtney I, had, I didn't get that as much from her, but she was she's a little bit better, but there was that one joke when like there when he was going back home for Christmas and she's like, You can come home, you can wash our windows or made us right. down. I like I, I do think he was supposed to kind of be the you know the the scholarship student or something like I think they were trying yeah, to do that a little, but I feel like that doesn't make like I don't know that that links up weirdly with the idea that he's this kind of too good to deal with a homeless person type character. They, exactly, they push him off. That's what I'm gonna say right now too. Like as we're talking about like the money right now and like his upbringing, it's like it doesn't really matter because you still didn't see this person as a human. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're rich or poor. Which, if you know anything about poor people, we're like the most generous, generous to the homeless. Um, a lot of rich people don't get that. As Joe people. says from his fucking mansion. Yeah, you like my I background? see your background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mansion background. It's Luigi's mansion. Um, <laughs> He's trying to convince the audience you're rich, but I couldn't come up with any. First of all, if anyone in the audience... Li- listen to me, I'm going to get some first. If anyone in our audience listens to the show thinks I'm rich in any sort of way. <laughs> I mean no disrespect when I say this. You're you're a dumb bitch. Right? You're 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 a dumb stupid bitch. All right. Because that's just not me. Never will be, never has been. Hold up. Now so it may it may seem like it. Hold up. Hold up I may act like it. You say the way you spend bitch? money. But that's the way it's just acting. And I don't it's not like I'm spending big amounts as much. I'm just like, oh let me get this fucking used copy of bats for 30 something bucks. Whatever. Every now and then you see something, you see a physical media that you want, that you know is out of print, and and you got to pay for it. Like I bought a book recently for 50 bucks because it was out of print. They had to ship it from the UK. Mm -hmm. The fucking Mm -hmm. DHL was trying to convince me I needed to give them my social security number to get it clear it through fucking customs. It was a whole thing. DHL will do that. DHL fucking sucks. DHL will 100% do that. Glad you said that, Trunks. So, side note. At a place in Sacramento, I saw a... Not even a used VHS copy of Irva Legends 2 Final Cut. Uh, still in the shrink wrap. Eight bucks. I mean, that's... Now, now, I don't have eight dollars to spend on it until next Friday. But should I go back and see if it's there? I haven't seen Urban Legends 2. It's great. So... I'm not gonna weigh in on this, but I will say I'll take that as yes. A VHS still in the original, you know, factory mm-hmm. plastic. That's got to be worth at least three dollars. At least five hundred dollars on the on the internet. Five hundred dollars. Like you, you can flip that. Five hundred dollars, Trunks. You think oh, someone's yeah. trying to spend five hundred dollars on a copy of VHS's Final Cut? Mm-hmm. VHS's are very collectible, Joe. They're they're the Funkos of the '80s. I'm still trying to find VHS copies of 
the screen movies, at least the ones that are on VHS. I digress. Uh, yeah, with the honors was great. Absolutely comedy drama. I thought it was pretty funny. Joe Pesci had me laughing a few times. Yes. Are you Simon Wilder? I used to be. D-O-B. E-F-T-H-I-J. Date of birth. When were you born? When the moon was full, I was abandoned by my mommy. I was raised by a she-wolf in a Wyoming cave. Come on. Let's look at your money. You need money. I don't. You do. I'm going to ask again, do you have evidence of birth? I'm sitting here, ain't I, lady? What do you think I have by spontaneous combustion? He's not cooperating. But then I was not expecting, especially in the last, like, the last third of the movie, how heavily it leans into drama. And, just, it, and, and like where they were going with it, which I was just, I was, they kept, it wasn't like twists or anything, but each new character development of, what was Joe Pesci's character's name? Simon Wilder. Simon? Yeah. Do you want me to address him by his full name? Because I mean, spoiler alert, like, Simon away. Wilder. Simon Wilder? Okay. First back for Simon Wilder. Um, they just kept introducing new just new character development. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed this movie. I think I gave it three and a half, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to bump it to four. It worked. It worked for me. I, I agree. This, this hit me really well. And I think we're spending a lot of this time talking about uh, Joe Pesci when we should probably touch on Brendan a little more, but I, this is, so much Joe Pesci's movie. Uh, I think when we, when it starts, he, he's the first name in the credits. And my first reaction was like, why is his name first? I didn't even know he was in this. Uh, and that's a little bit my fault going into this movie, not knowing the plot, not knowing anything about it. So, um, But yeah, let's talk a little more about Brendan. Let's talk about uh, his character's name is Monty. Um, Montavious. Well, Montague, Montague, yeah, Morbius, Morbius. <laughs> um, what what do you guys think about? Well, what do you think of his performance in this, and what do you think of his character? That his performance was pretty good. Um, just classic early '90s Brendan. Um, wasn't we talk about like his charm a lot? I wouldn't say necessarily charming, but like he played the like determined annoying student very well where like patrick dempsey definitely plays like the more comic relief in this movie and i thought he was great too um i thought everyone was fantastic actually but yeah it was very much i'd say in the same vein as school ties just not as serious yeah i feel like school ties it's, it's weird to say, but School Ties is tapping into what feels like a bigger kind of issue. I, I don't know if that's really true, but the, the kind oh, of yeah. racism I mean, I would, I would School say, Ties... I would say racism and anti-Semitism is a much bigger issue than the homeless. I, but it, if I, I have to choose one issue... It, it, they don't touch on it in this, but I think in the real world, we'll find those two issues are much more intertwined than, than we would ever expect. Oh yeah, or then you should totally expect it's it's not hard to see. I feel like, mm -hmm. but um, I feel like in in school ties where you're kind of beaten over the head with like how 
just horrible it is. Where in this, we're we're not really seeing the absolute worst of like what it's like to be homeless. We're more seeing, we're more kind of being having a mirror held up to us and saying like, do you see what what you're doing to these people? It, it's a little more kind of like all you need to do is recognize them as human. Right. Yeah, it was definitely like it, it touched on that, but much more of a character study than an overall yeah. theme of homelessness. Uh, Brendan really got my attention when he hops out of bed and you see his full ass. I think, I I think that's that. the first I think that's the first full ass shot of his we've seen in this on this show. Yeah, normally there's at least a little bit of but no, uh George of the Jungle, we get full ass. You don't you don't see full ass, it's Disney. You just see like a little bit, like a little chunk of it. You sure? Pretty sure. Huh. Okay. My brain's filling in the blanks then. I was just like, whoa. We we uh we went for that. So that was that was nice to see. That's I feel like this this has been the payoff of this whole show so far. Uh, I was just trying to see his ass, you know. Well, in um, the first episode of Doom Patrol, you also get that. Get oh that yeah, shot. that's true. You get that. <laughs> we, shot. we haven't talked about that on the the podcast at all. But yeah, like, that's absolutely very good, true. There's you some see, good Brendan his, butt in Doom Patrol. You see his ass now, but I've always thought about how was the ass then, and I got it. I got it answered. Cisco's eyes are glazing over. He has no interest in this. <laughs> no, you said this movie was up there for you too, Cisco. What what did it for you? Uh, 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 no, I love this movie. Is <laughs> I think actually the movie I enjoyed of his that wasn't you know one of the big ones like George's Jungle or The Mummy. I don't know why. I, like it wasn't anything like super special or. Or didn't extraordinary, but it also wasn't underwhelming. No, and I really like. I think maybe because I really do like Goodwill Hunting too, so I kind of like that kind of mentor, uh, pseudo father son relationship that they obviously had. Um, especially in that scene too, like where Brendan talks about you know his dad leaving his family, and then you end up finding out that Joe Pesci's character Simon left his family to go be in the merchant Marines. Like it wasn't overly. I- complicated but it also wasn't overly simple too which was kind of nice yeah i for a split second when he mentions he left his family for the merchant marines i thought we were about to find out like this is brendan's dad or something i thought that too and i'm really glad glad, yeah i'm really glad they didn't because i heard me was like oh damn this just took a wild turn but i was also kind of like yeah but why do we need this to be the story um okay well let's get a few survivability stats for brandon that's my biggest negative on him (laughs) he's poor yeah he he definitely has a weakness to snow he's pretty good at at not sleeping he seemed to always be at the window looking at the van making sure that's true yeah he had no patience though yeah no patience he was thought someone's gonna come and steal his government thesis <laughs> midnight. Oh, I, I, I go on trunks. I well, I feel like he, you know, we do see some base level athletics. He, you know, at the beginning, he does some running. He he outpaces the like crew team or whatever. There's definitely some, you know, basic horror survivability things. Yeah. I think he he is physically fit in this. 
other than having a smashed ankle for most of the say He's above average athletic-wise. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously smart because he got into Harvard without money, so mm-hmm. IQ-wise, he's up there. What I will say is I feel like uh, we'll talk about this more, but specifically knowing he has to go up against like Freddy Krueger, there's a certain amount of needing to believe the unbelievable mm-hmm. to, to deal with like a Freddy Krueger type um, issue <laughs> villain. And I, I don't quite get that from, from Monty. I think Monty is very, he needs he needs like book references. He needs textual evidence. He needs he needs logical reasoning for things, and I feel like you're you're not going to get that when. So I I feel like it's going to take him a while to be on board with Team Freddy Krueger is real. See, now I would agree with you there, but then after this chain of events that happens in with honors, I think. If he were to encounter like Freddy or someone saying their dreams are fucked up or this is happening, blah 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 in reality. He'd probably be like, Yeah, I've been through some shit. I that's true. At the end of this, he has definitely learned to empathize better, yeah. which I think that is important for yeah, for this type of situation. So yeah, we'll we'll get more into it when we get to that part of the, the show. But he he may not graduate with honors, but he will graduate with honor. Oh my god. Waterworks instantly during that line. I also I also love the line um, where Joe Pesci's talking to the douchebag roommate in the kitchen when the roommate's like, "Oh, I've been treating you like trash this movie, but I fucking I love French toast." <laughs> <laughs> but when Joe Pesci tells him, um, "You know why you hate me? It's because I look the way you feel." Is that French toast? I love French toast, even if it's made by my hands. the only way you'll ever get some young sweet thing to drop her drawers for you. Oh, what are you, the Casanova Skid Row? <laughs> you know why you hate me so much, Jeffrey? Because I look the way you feel. I was like, that's a, that's a good I, fuck. That was a great line. That fucking hit me, too. Um, that and then a couple scenes later where they're going to drive him out to meet his son and the, the annoying roommate who's been hating on Joe Pesci is just kind of like, Mm-hmm. he's kind of being a dick about it then out of nowhere he's kind of like can i come yeah and it was just like oh like he's on board like everyone gets it now <laughs> yeah so just what we're talking about the end of the movie yeah joe pesci dies from asbestos poisoning essentially um and that, that's for all the water work well, for all the people who have asbestos yeah shout out to all my <laughs> asbestos heads on the show get them lungs checked uh, i mean for that lady it's not curable so I mean, <laughs> enjoy I, the rest of your life. I don't know if they've sorted that out by yeah, now. That's it's, that's bottom tier problems that they don't want to worry about. I, yeah, we're still trying to get menthol back in California. Okay, uh, that's that's top priority here. They're too they're too busy putting fluor- uh, chlorine in our water. 
say chlorine? chlorine? I think it's oh, fluoride. Yeah. They put it's chlorine the... in the water too. Yeah, for the pools, bro. Great. Even Let's drinking, do it. Even drinking with tap water has chlorine. I only drink methanol. You only drink boss. So yeah, you only drink methanol. It, when, when you drink meth- methanol, it's kind of like you're always drinking a mojito, but it's just rotting your mouth. Or method. I don't know. Whatever. the Champagne will have, have a meth word on it sometimes. I don't remember what it is. Wes Craven's new nightmare. Let's go. I love that transition. With, <laughs> thank you. Wes Craven's new nightmare was released on October 14th, 1994 in the United States. Had an estimated budget of $8 million. Uh, gross worldwide, $19 million. So made its budget and then some. But as far as like the other returns in the series, this was the last Freddy movie for a while because just underperformance and, and low low box office receipts. Because this was the the comeback after they had kind of ended the franchise, right? Kind of, yeah, because the one before this and was then, called Freddy's Dead. And we don't see Freddy again until Freddy vs. Jason, right? Correct. Okay. Well, and, and I, think the, it's, the, I think it's Jason Goes to Hell. You see his glove grab Jason Okay, well, we, we don't... We get it. We, we get don't it. see him as a... Yeah. Listen, Freddy nerds, I know you're out there. I got a bone to pick with the Freddy heads, too. Anyway, we can get into it. <laughs> yeah, I got some. I got some bad bones to pick too. Some sour grapes. Yeah, we're 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 gonna alienate some people on this one definitely. Um, currently sits at a seventy eight percent fresh tomato meter from the critics and a sixty six percent audience score. Mm. This movie brings back Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Also, he plays himself as Nancy. And then I said Robert Robert England plays Nancy. He doesn't yeah, play he plays Nancy. himself. Named Nancy. No, he doesn't. No, why are you fucking with me? He's a theater man. He can play multiple roles. Shakespeare time. Heather Lagenkamp comes back as herself and plays Nancy Thompson in the movie while playing herself. This movie's meta, folks. And this predates Scream. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah, this movie's fucking wild. Uh, Miko Hughes played Dylan, which this is a kid you've definitely seen. This is the kid who was in Kindergarten Cop. He was I've in Pet Cemetery. I haven't seen it. He's other things. He was like, like he, not like a big child actor, but like definitely a recognizable face. He in this he looks extremely like the kid. It's not the same kid, but like there were many shots where I thought it was. Like he just has the vibe. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely, I don't know what the fuck you're kid. talking about, but I agree. so Wes Craven's new nightmare is about a demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal into the real world can Heather Lagenkamp play the part of Nancy one last time to trap the evil trying to enter our world Marcus, common mark I'm doing a film about my nightmares as I'm dreaming them in order for the movie to continue it, it was dependent on me having more nightmares well fortunately I did I'm a little frightened by what Wes may have tapped into. I frankly felt that it was over when we did the last, the final nightmare. In a town where movies go over schedule and directors go over budget, something far more evil is out of control. The world 
world of horror films suffered its own terror today as two of Hollywood's best-known special effects technicians were found dead. Part of the theme of the movie is becoming like part of the making of the movie. Can you come with me in my dreams? I think that only happens in the movies. It happens when the story dies, the evil is set free. Now that the films have ended, the genie's out of the bottle. That's what the nightmares are telling me, and that's what I'm writing. This is still a script we're talking about, right, Wes? It's kind of crossover, out of films, into our reality. The only way to stop is to make another movie. Oh, my God. The bad man's getting awful close. You're gonna have to make a choice. What kind of choice? Whether or not you're willing to play Nancy one last time. No! Mommy! Cut the effect! Isn't there somebody who can stop him? That person's you. Why me? It was you that gave Nancy her strength. Nancy. Oh, my son! So in this movie, Nightmare on Elm Street exists. The franchise exists. Uh, it kind of goes by scream roles in a sense. And notably, I know a lot of people give the first scream, the scream series, really credit to Kevin Williamson for writing it. Um, but Wes Craven wrote and directed this, directed this too. And the meta ness of it was just, I, I'd he, say, kind of like ahead of its time. Yeah, you can really feel him working out some ideas that turn into scream in mm-hmm. this um which maybe his ideas just needed kevin williamson both of them you know i this feels older. very before its time like just insanely like this feels like something you would kind of have now there was a an episode on the the recent twilight zone movie or tv mm-hmm. show that I, is kind of reminiscent of this where the whole thing revolves around somebody in the process of making the show that is being aired and kind of being haunted. And that's exactly what this is. There's so much of this movie where they're talking about how they are about to start making the movie you are watching. Yeah. And then that, that one great reveal too, where Wes Craven shows her the script he's working on. And it's like word for word, what they said in the last scene. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a trip because if, if you know, the character freddy he's definitely like one of the more iconic horror villains you know unfortunately if not i'd say like top three which is very unfortunate um michael myers just a fucking lunatic likes to kill people right uh jason severe severe mommy issues just wants yeah. to kill people chucky love it love chuck but he's two feet tall but he's 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 a shorty but Freddy Krueger is literally a child murderer, and I know the original. Like we we won't include when they did the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, where they turned him from not only child murderer but also to a child molester. But like, yeah, I, I mean, kind of. I feel like if, even though at that, that wasn't point what you're, saying, he's, he's dead. The original, it was yeah. I I think that was always partially the implication. Yeah, yeah. that's why I thought so too. They they never flat out said it, but. It, 
the way they describe his crimes in the first movie doesn't you know it it feels like they're just leaving it out it it feels like an unspoken thing to me it doesn't do him any favors no i and then for him to be known as like the family friendly fun like oh he's funny and silly and be like baby still child killer yeah uh, yeah, I, that's, I think that's my biggest issue with Freddy. So I, even when I watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street recently, I was like, this isn't really good to me. Now, I'm going to watch the rest just because completist, and I hear Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is a, is a gay icon. But yeah, it just becomes much more silly. It becomes much more campy throughout the movies. I... One, don't know why I watched this for the first time just several months ago, like on a whim, because I heard like decent things about it. But I was like, I don't like this character for whatever. Like, let me check it out. This was like Wes Craven's original idea of Freddy. Like, this is like his original version where he was like a vessel for evil, just yeah. wanting to like kill and attack people. Instead of being like the whole like child murderer thing, which was we did to the beginning, but this was like much more his vision. And I can say out of all like the Freddies I've seen. And I know it's going to be more than the ones I haven't seen, but he was actually like pretty menacing and like pretty scary in this one. You know, like you that know, scene like, where he pops out of the closet. I don't know. Like his his design here was like it it worked. It was very effectively creepy. I I really appreciate the kind of subtle redesign he gets in this, where it's it's still very recognizably Freddy, but like the the face is a little more kind of body without skin as opposed to what they were trying to kind of do a burn look yeah. the the new glove is interesting the way it's kind of bone focused instead of like a leather glove with knives <laughs> attached like yeah, it's I, like the metal hand but you see the joints and everything like yeah would. uh so i i really like the way he looks and i i agree that i feel like this i think this is probably the best uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I, I don't know if I would call it my favorite, but I, I do think it is the best. I'll say this it's is, stop. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the one that the, the Freddy in this is the Freddy were kind of promised in the first movie. Yeah. Um, but somehow even in the first movie, we don't quite get him like this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm, not to you know, try not to bury the lead or anything. I'm not a huge fan of the Friday the 13th franchise. I I've only seen the first three and now this one. I do really, I love dream warriors. I'll say that because it is just the, the right level of bad shit for me. Yeah. But um, the, the first two are okay. I know, I know the, you know, they both have their reasons why they're kind of iconic yeah. in the horror yeah. franchise. So I'll never, you know, I'll never knock anybody for liking any of these movies, but those they, are the they, two. Yeah. Yeah. Those they, are the two I definitely they, want to watch. They don't, this franchise doesn't do it for me. It's just, it's, it's the same thing each time with just a new cast of characters, which is just a downgraded version of the last cast of characters. I, to be fair though, I am perfectly fine with that. Like I love the Friday the 13th movies and that is just a series of the exact same thing happening over and over. Yeah. Um but for some reason with this one the the dream aspect of it I th- I think I just get tired of a scene happening and then suddenly something weird starts happening in the scene 
and then you're like, oh, this is a dream. Yeah, like I it it doesn't. Well, that's that was like the intention. That was Wes's intention with this movie too. Is that he wanted it to feel like he wanted to fuck with the audience. Like, is this real? Is this the movie? Is this the movie in the movie? Like, we don't know what's going on. It's interesting, like us watching this for the first time now, because we've seen those. We've seen that before. We've seen this kind of style of manipulating your audience, not letting them know like what's what's real or not. So. We didn't really go into this with like fresh eyes, but like it was cool to see like the definite foundation of it and like how it started here. Because like I like I told you, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this one is because I did buy a used copy of this one earlier this month. Uh, Because I was like, I watched it on HBO Max the first time. I was like, that just that movie ruled, and I saw this for cheap. So I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, So I, I think yeah, it was either three or two ninety nine. So much as on two. Amazon. Whatever. You don't own it though. Let's go. But you don't own anything in this world, Joe. Do you truly own anything? Oh no, someone can come or in does here it and own take all you? of this now. In a fucking heartbeat. You know, so um, Dr. One said Trash is trash, but life is life. Which is also trash. Gimme, give gimme. Give mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't get that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I bought the used copy of this and then it had a commentary track done by Wes Craven. And he just gives like a lot of like fun little tidbits and stuff about the behind the scenes. But what makes him like probably my favorite horror director is that he's not afraid to like get into detail and symbolism in his movies like at all like that's what he's like he's writing things in there purposely for that and it was it was just interesting to hear him like say it all out loud and like like this the child being like the loss of innocence or like a child knowing more so than adults like they have a bad feeling don't swallow that fucking pill you know what i mean like just how kids are inherently smarter but no one believes them like that gut feeling or whatever i still think kids are dumb yeah they're the future you know well, our future's fucked. Joe, I don't know if you know this, but kids end up growing up. They get older. Not everyone. And they become Census Fails fans. Some grow up and become Census Fails fans, and then they start a uh, Brandon Fraser podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, like I said, not even like a high body count in this movie. That was one of the tidbits he gave on the audio commentary track that at one point, um nancy's husband dies and that death was written in after the movie was submitted because the studio was like we need more blood we need more like death and he was like okay i can i can probably write this in but i picture some sort of emperor palpatine in the corner be like we need more blood need more because <laughs> that's what this movie came for and you know, like i said like admittedly non-high body count the r rating did say like a lot of blood and gore and stuff but like in reality, it's not that bloody, especially there's, compared to the first one with like the. There's definitely blood, but there's not yeah. a lot of gore. Yeah, really, and even the blood's like you. You see people kind of bleeding, but it's not like you see the wound that they're bleeding from. Like the, the when the babysitter gets killed, 
there's kind of no blood until they cut back and she's been lying on the floor for a minute and then there's a pool and then she's kind of dragged across the ceiling yeah. and there's kind of a, a trail of blood but it's even then it we're I, I would love to get into the the art director's head and be like why did you choose the blood color you chose because they went with a very light red blood color like this has some almost 70s style like could be nickelodeon slime if slime was red <laughs> blood <laughs> you know, it's like almost neon in a few shots did you know that octopus blood is blue i did not that's some cool information thank you yeah, that was your West Craven fact of the week. That I'm, that I'm That's my West Craven fact of the week. That's your West Craven fact of the week. West Craven fact of the week. I liked how much West Craven is in this. Yeah. Like for some reason, normally I feel like when an, when the director shows up in their movie too much, I'm just kind of like, okay, like I get it. You're perfect. You're you're your own little master right now, aren't you? But in this one, like, I think I was sold well enough on the concept of like this actress is playing herself. Like, it, I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too many documentaries lately, but I'm getting sucked into just kind of like, oh, this is real. Like, this is actually what happened as they made this movie. <laughs> this reminds me of the what's the, what's the Hearts of Darkness or Heart of Darkness? Yeah, it's the documentary of uh, Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, yeah. Now people always say that's better than the actual movie. I that is a great documentary. So maybe that's maybe that's why this one's so regarded pretty well because it's pretty much like I would say it's scripted, but it's like a behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I part of it for me too is I recently just watched the whole documentary of the staircase, and now there's the HBO series about it out, and I'm watching that. So like. I, it's very weird watching something where it's like I, I've seen the real version now I'm seeing the fake version and then to watch something like this where they're trying to kind of convince you the fake version is real I, I feel like my brain's just programmed to accept it at this point yeah. you know you're, you're just a sheep you're just, just another simulation. sheep in the herd oh I totally right. am I, I hold no you're just another like, cog in the machine lead me yeah. shepherd please like <laughs> save me from the wolves <laughs> <laughs> Take my fur and my milk. Yeah, you think chunks would survive out there in the wilderness? Oh god, no! I'm just lucky they didn't make me like a lamb. Chunks isn't going to survive in a couple weekends from now. <laughs> I'm already dead inside. Yeah, no, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one. I feel like we have, we're gonna have to divide the house into two two fractions: um, the people willing to live and the people who have just died. You know what I mean? It's like I, a very unifying bonding experience. I just for the the listeners. Nah, let reference. Now nah, let it, let them. Nope, sit on that one for a minute. Uh, we're we're talking about my upcoming bachelor party, which every day becomes more and more of a nightmare to me. <laughs> you are not getting your deposit back on the Airbnb out there. Anyhow. I we are getting kicked out after the first night. I guarantee no, it. We're and we're homeless in San Diego for a weekend. We're all going to have to stay at Cisco's house with his parents. I can see Joe's glitter bomb right behind him. That says Trunks' birthday surprise. Oh, fuck. Motherfucker. God damn it. I forgot that was there. Son of a bitch. No, we're going to be fine. All I want to do is get a couple like Nerf guns or like dollar store water guns and we'll go outside. I almost feel like going outside's worse. Like, we can, we, we can, can have this conversation. We can have this conversation. We can go outside during the day. 
Hold for edit. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> you're fine. It's, I, I, didn't, I didn't know I'd ever be in this situation. Does your shirt say Playhawk? It says Kublai Khan. Cold Blood Cock? Kublai Khan. Kublai. Cobain. What the fuck's Kublai? Kublai Khan, I'll, Texas. Joe, I just see you're one, one K away from a bad acronym. <laughs> Cisco, just for that, can you please throw in the Fern Gully trailer again? Of course. Yeah, just just randomly throw the Fern Gully trailer over this whole audio section. My God, that Fern Gully trailer was amazing. I can't believe we did it again. Back to what we were talking about. Um, survivability. Is Monty making it past Freddy? <laughs> um, oh, boy, it's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, this is the first episode where I might literally be at a loss for words. Uh, ooh, goddamn, Monty. I, part of me wants to say, like, yeah, he survives. Like, as kind of scary and, like, menacing as Freddy is throughout this, he doesn't seem to do a great job of killing the people he's actually after. Like that little Again, kid is yeah. able to get past him pretty fucking easy. It's true. Oh, multiple times. Chamber. And if if you're getting juked by a kid, like, come on, man. Yeah. Reevaluate your your afterlife decisions. You know, Heather or Nancy, however you want to refer to her, has history. Like she's able, you know, she can rely on something. But at the same time, she is also just the actress who is playing this character throughout it. Like it, it's not even supposed to be. She is some. You know, she's not Sydney Prescott. Right. And they touch on that briefly in the movie, too, when she's on the talk show. And she's seeing this whole audience cheer and applaud for this, like, monster of a man who's literally haunting her and no one's no one's batting an eye. Yeah. We've talked I, about that before, like, on an like, Invisible Man episode and stuff. Invisible Man episode and stuff like just it's so inherently scary to have someone not believe you when you're in danger. Yeah, I and I feel like I wish there was a little more of that plead up in this. I like definitely at the I feel like there's a few scenes where they really kind of lean into that, but then they twist it and it's like, oh, no, that was her having a dream. I think the the scariest scene in this is when the like police and the cops are trying to be like, we're gonna take your kid away. Yeah. <laughs> like I think this movie almost could have been better if it if they didn't have that final sequence and it does turn out she's just kind of losing her mind. But that like there is no Freddy that Joe mentioned earlier is Brendan never sleeps. He just stares out a window. That's true. <laughs> He's not in any risk. But then I mean, that was that was kind of like what he was that, doing too. Like it doesn't matter if you're like awake or not or sleeping. Like he's gonna get through. What I would say is just to mash these plots together. Uh, Freddie clearly has stolen Monty's thesis. Oh and yeah, he has to figure out how to get it back. <laughs> so, like the script she finds at the end of the is, movie so is, is just Freddy his Joe, thesis. Is Freddie Joe Pesci then? Yes. <laughs> so then they both die because they both die in each of their and movies. So, Oh, that's perfect. And then Monty's trying to convince everyone that 
Freddy's human and not just a murderer instead of a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and Freddy's just yelling nope. every scene. He's like, no, nope, don't, don't like that. A human. You don't know anything yeah, about one. government, bitch. Yeah. That's my best Freddy Krueger impression. That's pretty good. Yeah, he doesn't even say bitch in this movie. Does he not? He doesn't say bitch in this one. He doesn't he? say bitch in this movie. He's because West that didn't was like what they took and did exactly. to him. They were like, this isn't a character you're supposed to be like cheering for, rooting for. Like, this is an awful fucking person that you're supposed to be horrified of. Which he nailed, but then at that point, I don't know, people were getting slasher fatigue and then you can only get so many sequels before you give up. You know what I mean? And especially when yeah. these ones came out, how quickly the turnaround was. Oh, it's a land before time. Yeah, but a lot of those went to VHS. VHS still around, still baby. Counts. This week's yeah. sponsor, VHS. You like going to Pizza Hut and rewinding movies? You like paying late fees? Get a VHS. Do you like format podcast. where it's hard to see things on your screen? VHS. Do you want a format that looks like absolute shit but sounds pretty cool? VHS. Which I will say the sound on VHS always always is fucking like popping. I what I will say is uh me and Joe went and saw The Mummy on VHS at oh a my theater God, here Trump, in San Francisco. I at the special effects did look better on the VHS. They looked pretty fucking cool. Like the overall quality was worse, but that kind of yeah. made it work. Yeah, like it made the the darker tone so much darker because they see like you see these restorations these days we talked about it in, in new nightmare like the neon red blood essentially shit like that like that just doesn't look good and i can't imagine it looking good back in the day mm-hmm. i it's when when you're making something and you know how it's going to be presented for something to later on come through and be like we're changing how this is presented it's going to look different it's not going to look how you planned which i will say i did go to the fathom event to see the thing in theaters and that looked like absolute fucking shit i was just reading about fathom events apparently how they present things it's like they're playing it basically off of tivo a lot of times yep which is fucking insane. I thought they fixed it. I thought there was complaints of been they were supposed to change it because I saw it yesterday too. It looked too bad to me. I there's two different ways they do it. I don't know. I don't know what they're still up to, but like half the time, and the theater has no way of knowing oh. what version it's going to be. So there's the way that like most movies get presented that they get, which is great and looks fine. But there's also sometimes you're basically watching something off a of DVR. That's just been kind of live streamed to them. Oh, Joe got, I got the good one. They, they really yeah. treated us at the same time. All the, uh, I don't know, all the, like all the fight and like action stuff was like the volume was really low. It just sounded, it just, it wasn't. Oh yeah, they hated yeah. you. They saw you come in the theater to like this kid. I, you got to find that's that's why we it we was, here at the horror throwdown yeah. preach. Find your local theaters, not the chains. Find the ones that'll play something on film for you. Well, and go see whatever they're showing. It doesn't matter if you've heard of it. Doesn't matter if you like it. Go see no. things you don't leak like at a theater that'll play it on film. Like yeah, house. Yeah, because I'm thinking about going to another Fathoms event on Sunday because they're Elvin. showing. It's like the 25th anniversary of the Fifth Element, and yeah, I'm like, that could be fun. That's that could be really fun. I sometimes you also just want to see something on a big screen, even if it's not. Yeah, this good. was my first showing of the thing on the big screen, and I will say, like, this movie is made to be seen. Like, it's so much scarier in theaters than it is watching it at home, which is still scary, but I digress. Yeah. Don't know how we got here. Um, but 
we're just talking about things in the past and being ahead of their time, just like The Thing. We can also say Wes Craven's new nightmare. Was that of its time? Is it as good as The Thing? No. Did I rate it half a star away? Probably. Maybe. Maybe. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> but no. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed New Nightmare. I think Brendan survives because he is a, he is a, a st- strong-minded individual. He was so determined to get that thesis back that he was willing to do anything for it. Um, didn't let anything else get in his way. Yeah. Gave up his, his his roommate's life. He did do that. Did do that. Fucking ate his roommate's um. Rooster too. I, I they made a big point of the guy saying how much he hated the chicken right before that though. Yeah. Like that guy was glad to see that rooster gone. We knew it was gonna happen. It it caught point. me so by surprise. I loved it. Like and, that's a and great even scene. when he realizes that it was dead at the end, he like smiles and was like, Yeah, this dude could fucking live with us. <laughs> I think here's the thing. This is the first Brendan Fraser movie, I think in about a month. That put me in a good mood. I agree. And it also helps that he was like, ends up being like a good character, a good, strong character. I think for the sake of argument, he has enough determinability to survive the events of New Nightmare. What do you think, Cisco? Wasn't it? I saw this movie a couple days ago, but wasn't it revealed that like Wes Craven kind of wrote the story to have Nancy win? Heather, thanks for having the guts to play Nancy one last time. At last, Freddy's back where he belongs. Regards, Wes. Is it a story? Yeah, it's a story. Read me some. We open on an old wooden bench. There's fire and tools and a man's grimy hands building what soon is revealed as a gleaming set of claws. And the claws are moving now, as if awakening from a long and unwanted sleep. Then the man lays one trembling hand flat upon the table and with his other picks up a thick, sharp blade. Behind the lights, faces watch from the darkness, ready to laugh scream in terror the script because don't they like find this don't they find like a script at the end like in their bed and it has like Wes Craven thanking Nancy for defeating the evil yeah and at the end of that script that's what that's what she did so like he like he like wrote that right yeah he wrote everything that was happening they they aren't super clear on how much control he has over it like is it is it just him being a, a conduit to let this story play out or yeah. is he scripting what happened? So did he decide she defeats him or does she defeat him and he just sees it and writes it? He's like, fuck it. Like she took care of that problem for me. Yeah. I'll take know. credit for it though. Like a man. <laughs> Which is what Brendan would do. I think he would take credit for that. Oh, 100%. You know, but like not in like a douchebag way. He'd be like, yeah, like I, I helped with this. He'd still turn it in for his final, even though it's all Joe Pesci's work. Yeah. Well, because that's what it was. It was inspired by him anyways. Yeah. Did he give Joe Pesci any credit? No. 
but he gave him some great final days. Yeah. And Joe Pesci gave him a great life lesson. So I think he survives. I'm going with survives. I I agree. I I think he does too. Uh, Part of that's just, I I agree. Hell yeah. I I kind of felt like the, oh, did we just all, we're all agreeing? I don't even have to give reasons. No, 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 no. I just think Wes Craven writes it that he wins, so I will accept that. Yeah, I like it. Wes Craven seem like right, she right, went through too script, much you know? to to have to win this. Like it, it did feel a little predestined. So maybe Wes Craven just is a in a good mood that day. I mean, everyone else in the house dies. Mm-hmm. Jeff, yeah, we dead. don't care about them. Courtney dead. What was his name? Porter, Everett, dead. I think yeah, Everett's definitely the babysitter. Who gets sliced up in the? <laughs> I feel but, like the other yeah, two cool. roommates are the, Jeff's the two the people that, gets, that get killed off screen. I say Jeff's the yeah. special effects <laughs> guy that gets chopped up. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Two two very good movies this week. I this this was a little a little shot of Red Bull in me that gets me hyped for the rest of these brand new movies. I because if agree. this one took me by surprise, maybe other ones will. You know. Yeah, this, this is no, like uh, give me not gonna hold my so. breath though. Perfect. Yeah, this gives me a little hope that maybe some of these like you know low reviewed movies we still have coming up what might still you? yeah not yeah. give me shelter situation. Yeah, as long as we don't have another last shelter. time or give me shelter or not, stop exactly. it that job last time that job yeah I think last time just broke all of our spirits and that that was the last one of his we did and that was just yeah. It was I, very close <laughs> to being the last time we talked about Brendan Fraser. <laughs> That's the most infuriating fucking movie. We're not talking about it. Anyway, okay. It was almost as bad as Give Me Shelter. You mean Give Me Shelter. Okay. Well, we will be back next week. We're not going to tell you what it is, but we're going to give you a couple We hints. haven't planned it yet. We've planned it. You just haven't been texting back on the threads. Sorry, man. I'm busy. You know, it is. You're oh, I know what it is. Getting wedding. You're, what fine. It is. You're, you're fine. Yeah, I got a lot you're, going you're on. planning on getting wedding. Jesus Christ. Our little Trunksy Bear is getting married. Let me be the first to say mazel. Um, but yeah, next week, next episode, I'm not going to say what it is. Well, something special is, for an upcoming holiday. Let's just say yeah, it, 4th is, of July episode. it is the 4th of July episode. And coincidentally, or happenstance, if you will, New Minion movies come, comes out that weekend. Yeah. Who knows? Never know what we might be talking about. New Minion movie. And new Stranger Things comes out. Those are both technically movie-length episodes. Maybe you we're doing what? that. Fuck it. I'm going to spill it right now. We're doing Minions Rise of Gru and pairing it with Boss Baby. Family business. Happy 4th of July, everyone. It's a horror. Trust me. Boss Baby is. You said trust me, but you didn't give me the answer. It's boss baby. Everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. I believe Devin's gonna return for that. So, you know, yeah, he's getting back to We heard episodes. your we heard your your critiques. And the also polls. if you listen to this on Spotify, we have a uh we have a little survey going on right now, a little poll. Uh which one of our guests do you want to see back? I mean, we might listen to you, we might not. Um, we kind of just kind of just go with the flow, baby. But yeah, if, if you want to make your opinion known or heard, maybe <laughs> do something fucking better with your time than vote on which guest you want back on this fucking show. But, you know, it's fine. I appreciate it. Vote for anyone you want. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, 4th of July. 
Brendan Fraser forever for the Horror Throwdown podcast, Fraser Edition. This is Joseph Kincaid, Cisco Navarro, and producer Trunks signing off. Hey, Benny! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! Don't do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh huh.